Hello, all you cool cats out there. This is Benny the Jet here bringing you another episode of Setting the Scheme here on 106.1 WSTS. Alongside me, we got Dougie Fresh in the flesh. Good evening, listeners. Welcome to this week's episode of Setting the Scheme. Um, we're, we're very excited to to get started off with uh, with uh, our review of, of, of a 1978 film. But before we do that, I'm going to pass things over to our final DJ for the evening, uh, Mr. Tristy T. That's right, folks. Tristy T on the horn for you right now, baby. We're going to take it in low and smooth as we let you know the film we watched this evening, folks. I want you to slip on into something a little more sexy as you give us a listen, okay? This evening, it was FM, baby, FM. We watched the 1978 film FM. Doug, do you want to give us some of those sweet facts? Hit us with it, Dougie, fresh in the flesh. Absolutely, I do. Um, are we going to do these voices? The oh, absolutely <laughs> Thank goodness. Oh, oh my gosh. I wanted to. All right. All right. Um, uh, anyway, I good. hope you enjoyed that. Um, oh, first yeah, yeah. Some change that, of us doing look, our That was stuff. a lot of fun for me. Yeah. That was a lot of fun for me. Heck, man, I, I loved it. In. I just can't. I just can't hold it up the entire time. Yeah, I, I, I would have died oh, laughing. I would I would have loved to do it. Well, Tristan, I bet you would have maybe I'll start a new podcast. Good for you, buddy. Good for you. Good for you. You look happy and healthy, not me. Okay. Um. So, Doug, anyway. uh, tell us about the movie. Yeah. So this week we watched the 1978 not classic uh, FM. <laughs> uh, the movie is called FM, like radio, because this movie deals with radio uh it stars martin mole cassie yates michael brandon eileen eileen excuse me brennan uh alex Carras, cleveland little uh and it has cameo appearances by linda ronstadt jimmy buffett and tom petty uh this movie was directed by john a alonzo uh and ratings wise this movie has a 6.4 out of 10 on imdb I think I'm going to start referring to IMDb as IMDba. That's important. Um, that works for so, me. So a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDba, uh, a 20% on the Rotten Tomatoes, uh, a 71% on JustWatch.com, and an 85% on Google. I should mention, though, uh, so this movie has a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes by critics, uh, but uh, audience score of a 68 Interesting. Also, yeah. I will let you know, uh, I tried to look this up on Common Sense Media. It is not yeah. there. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, <laughs> also, uh, money-wise, because we do talk about money uh, at the beginning of this of this show, um, this movie had a budget of $2 million. Pretty, pretty decent budget. Uh, but listeners, I know that you're thinking, well, how much money did this movie make, Doug? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because this movie racked in the lovely the lovely box office of $20,000. I think this might be the biggest bomb we've ever reviewed. I I do want to mention, I feel like Ant Boy is probably up there. It is up there. But I do want to mention that the soundtrack for this film, though, it did really well. It sold over a million records and Steely Dan's original FM, which was written for the movie, I think, um 
uh, it won uh, the sound engineers a Grammy for best engineered record. Well, that makes a lot of sense because uh, all the songs that they used are gigantic hits. It's legit just a mixtape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, actually, actually, uh, Ant Boy grossed $1.9 million. Huh. I stand corrected then. Yeah. Wow. I don't know what its budget was. I'm assuming the budget was bigger. Twenty thousand dollars. What? What was? What is that? What is that? Uh, for inflation. Twenty thousand dollars for inflation. Yeah, it shouldn't be that much more. Um, let's see. The twenty twenty one start year was nineteen seventy eight. Um, Air up this interview of FM to bring you <laughs> Ant Boy statistics. No, 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 no. I'm talking about FM. Eighty four thousand. Oh. Eighty four thousand. So, so if it, if it got twenty thousand in, eighty four thousand. Still, yeah, still not. Still, probably the worst grossing, the lowest grossing movie we've ever covered. Yeah. 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 I mean that. I. The soundtrack is good. Of course, it's good. It's all classics. I I don't think that can carry a film, though. That's not that's not the film. I mean, good music can carry a film. Uh, don't get me wrong. Original scores. I'm all I'm all about it. Yeah. And, you know, but just to say that that this movie has a bunch of popular songs in it, and granted, it's a movie about the radio, so. It does make sense. Like I'm not, I'm got, I'm not gonna say it, it. It comes out of nowhere, but at the same time, they're just using a bunch of popular songs in the movie to propel it forward. You know. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just take a minute to explain what's happening in this movie to our listeners because I know that none of you have seen this movie. Um, <laughs> or maybe and, un- unless you are, unless you are Tristan's father, who really uh, shout out to who, my dad, who. <laughs> You are my dad. You're my dad. Boogie, woogie, woogie. Um, <laughs> he may be listening. Uh, I don't know. You've never heard that. Uh, no, that I've vine? never heard that at all. Ben, Ben, dude, you gotta get cultured, man. Um, anywho, uh, so so the movie FM really it's two movies in one. The first yeah. half is just about what happens in a radio station. And I mean, that's that's literally all you get. It's a bunch of scenes. What happens in a radio station? Um, we used to we used to play this game in improv uh, that I think was called like a sitcom or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was four groups of two. It was four teams of two people, and each team had a scene that they were doing, and the scenes were unconnected until the end, where you had to tie everything together. Uh, that yeah. that's about that's about what the star of this movie feels like. The second half decides to have a point, um, and it brings in this plot of the producers of the radio station want to post some like pro, po, excuse me, pro war like army recruitment ads uh, on the radio airwaves. The owner of the station's like, "No, nah, we ain't doing that, fam." And the producers are like, "Dude, you're fired." And then there's a strike, and then the movie ends. Yeah, and that happens. That's the entire plot of this movie. And the 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 beginning, the first half, like Doug was saying, it's just a bunch of scenes put together. I mean, 
some of the plot does happen. The beginning of the film, you see Regis, he gets hired. He's the sales manager, or I guess, um, because he wants to sell ads for the company. He's like, hey, the army wants to sell us ads. The army comes in and they're like trying to get them to trying to trying to work with the radio. Jeff, the guy who's in charge, I guess, the, the head radio man, I don't know what his position is. He's like, no, that's just, that's selling out. I don't want to do it. And then basically the the big boss of the station, I don't know, like the president, maybe um, not the owner, but the president. There's a lot of levels here, executive positions that I'm that confuse me. OK, a lot of names getting thrown around all the time. It's confusing. A lot of stuff happens and it all culminates in them getting to a Linda Ronstadt concert. So. <laughs> Well, no, this, no. This is the first, first part of the film. First, hold on, wait, 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 okay. wait, wait, because we don't go to Linda Buffett. first. No, okay. we get a Jimmy Buffett quote unquote concert, and you can tell that it's a quote unquote concert because they they show Jimmy Buffett start singing a song. Um, he sings it for about a verse and half a chorus, and then they cut to another scene. The song's still going on in the background. And they just have like a couple scenes like just happen during the span of the song and they cut back to Jimmy and they cut back to the end of Jimmy singing. Okay, that's the first concert that we get. Yeah, it's just one folks, song. I don't know if you knew this, but we get two concerts. We get two we concerts. Get a, we get an actual concert what? coming up. Yeah, because because Jimmy Buffett just sings a song and there's some things that happened around it. Linda Ronstadt. Dude, we're here for a whole concert. You bought a ticket. You got backstage <laughs> passes. You may have even you may have even gotten some merch. A Linda Ronstadt t-shirt. She look. I, there are <laughs> things that also happen during her show. And first of all, just yeah, the I, show. Why are we yeah, you get three songs. That's. I mean, like, look. No disrespect to no disrespect to Miss Ronstadt. Even though I'll be honest, I had no idea who you were before this movie started. Um, wow, but Doug. I mean, you know, no she knows who you are, Doug. <laughs> she does now. <laughs> Look, Linda, Linda, I know that you watch the show. I know that you listen to the show. I know that you've watched Tea with Doug G. I've gotten your emails asking to be on Tea with Doug G. Um, but, but Linda, I had no clue who you were going into this movie. I thought you were just another actress who was playing yourself. Um, I did not realize we were going to get a three, a three song concert of yours. Um, uh, she was big, I mean, man. Look, you sang, you you sang them beautifully. You sang the music great, but good lord, you! I didn't need you in this movie. I would have, yeah. I would have happily maybe listened to your music later on in life, but nah, you you shoved your way into a movie. Yeah, and it, it's just taking a step back in general. We don't need a concert in the middle of a movie. I don't. I don't want one. But and Tristan, even... you, you you see this whole movie is just a really long ad for the soundtrack that this movie produced. Oh, maybe. So of course you're going to have a concert in the middle. But that does make up for the second half of the film, okay? Which I thought was actually pretty good. I actually enjoyed. After Linda Ronstadt's concert, which was fine, it's a concert, she's good, whatever. Like, But it didn't make any sense. Things that happened that were, I guess, part of the plot. They, they wanted to go there at her show and like air it live but beat another radio station guy there to do it before him they'd successfully did it i don't know what the point of that was um i guess it brought them to number one but i thought they were already number one before then so i don't know i, I forget what happens because it all happens at once 
but the second part of this movie, yeah, it's uh, I, I, I had a plot is pretty good. I mean, but it, the thing is, if you look at the Wikipedia page and you look at the plot section, just giving you a hint, there's four paragraphs. Okay, the first paragraph is what happens during the first half of the movie. The second, the, the other three paragraphs is the second half of the movie. <laughs> like it doesn't even say a whole bunch of plot even happens. Even the Wikipedia page admits there's not a whole lot going on here, folks. Just letting you know, it's just some music and some people talking. So skip on over to the second part of the film if you want to watch a film actually happen. And just fast just forward to the end of the Linda Ronstadt concert. Start the movie from there. Have a good time. And if you want to watch a concert, do it. But like, don't expect to understand the plot that's going on. You know, and probably also like just watch a concert. <laughs> not a movie really if you want to watch this movie you're probably just better off getting the soundtrack and listening to that you yeah. know they're um maybe well, reading the wikipedia page i don't know if i agree uh, with that they, there's a movie that's called i i'll be honest i haven't seen it it's not it's actually on my list i do want to watch it um but it's called oh. airheads it's called airheads uh it stars brennan frazier and adam sandler it's the very early adam sandler movie um, and they play uh, members of, I think, a grunge band. Um, or no, 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 it's a metal band. They play members of a metal band. And the plot is they seize control of a radio station and hold the station hostage uh, until they start playing their music that they want them to play. Um, when I heard the premise of this movie, I thought that might be what we were getting. And there were parts of this movie that I thought we might actually be getting there. But I've got to tell you, boys, about 10, nah, probably closer to like 20 minutes into this movie, another film popped into my head. One that we have all seen. Huh? One that we have all reviewed. <clears throat> um, this this movie it? reminds me of a film that was also released in the uh, late 70s um, called the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, um, it, yeah. it reminds me a lot of it reminds me a lot of the Star Wars Holiday Special. And if you know our thoughts on the Star Wars Holiday Special, you'll know, dear listener, not good. it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. It's not I a good really thing. wonder how, um, Doug. How did this remind well, you of that? You know, I'm glad you asked, Tristan. I'm so glad that you could ask, because here's the thing. I spent my time watching this movie, mentally constructing a Venn diagram between this movie <laughs> And the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh. And let me go on and tell you where they overlap, okay? A bunch of random scenes that tie together to a very, very loose plot. That honestly is not important. It's not important. The, the plot's not important at all. Um, it's just there. Uh, where the else fact that they, they also speak in uh, the Wookiee language of Shrewook uh, for like two-thirds of the film. I mean, that yeah. overlap was just wild. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That is firmly in the Star Wars Holiday <laughs> Special uh, camp. Um, uh, what else? What else is the overlap? Uh, random musical numbers that have no connection to the plot. Or if they do, they are incredibly, incredibly loose. And I got to tell you, people, this next overlap is not one that I thought I was going to see between FM and the Star Wars Holiday Special. And that is random, very, very sexual scenes um did not expect to see that overlap between these two movies but i got it i got it 
and well, it's just as uncomfortable in FM as it is in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Actually, I, I think it's more uncomfortable in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Me too, because that's, that's like just an, me. Uh, it's like it was uncomfortable in this creature. movie, but I think it was far more uncomfortable in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah, and i i just want to I just want to say again, I enjoyed the second part of the film when I thought there was a plot happening. Like I thought the characters were interesting to some degree. Like Mother, I thought she was she sounded fun. Like she scared me. But but she doesn't really have a character. She and and any character that she does have is not delivered to you in the second half. It's delivered to you in her one random scene that she has at the beginning of the movie. Like I mean, and and once again, she doesn't do anything in the second half of the movie aside except from talk quit. to the crowd. Except okay. for quit. Well, well, so what about Eric Mull or Eric uh, Swan then? Martin Mull's uh, character. He doesn't do anything. He, does. he sits in silence and delivers the one funny joke of this movie. Well, he's, also, he's got a whole uh, long scene played. though. He he does he does. And that was really uh, funny. I like that a lot actually. What? Where he's crying. He's crying like into the radio and like all the women that show up and he's I like mean, what losing you his call funny, I call uncomfortable. Um he's like crying into the into the mic and Yes, yes. I no, just, I'm, I'm aware of the saying. I'm aware of the saying, uh, but like, literally, he doesn't do anything, especially in the second half of this movie. For some strange reason, the second half of this movie is devoted is devoted. That's another thing. I don't remember anybody's name from this movie. Um, Me neither. The, well, there's too the, many names. Well, and I don't care about a single character. Hear me out. Hear me there's... out. Maybe it's not that there's too many names. Maybe it's that there were no real characters in the movie. I mean, um, maybe the, the characters movie... were the friends you made along the way. Oh my gosh. But the <sighs> only person who really matters in the second half of this movie is Jeff Dugan, mm-hmm. the 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 network or the station owner. And even then, he's not in like half of it. Yeah. Because at that point he's quit. Or <clears throat> um forcibly quit. Before I mean, the rest of them go on strike, I've I've got I've got to tell you I've got to tell you because I've I've been listening to everything that y'all have said and everything that we talked about before we started recording, and like I understand that the music in this is really good and it is good music like it's a really good soundtrack, but it almost makes me dislike the movie more because I could have just listened to the music, mm-hmm. I could have just listened to the music and not watched the movie. And, you know, granted, I wouldn't have gotten to add another movie onto my uh, yearly list, but I wouldn't have had to watch the movie. Yeah. Dang. I mean, Big for bash. me, it's just... I, I can understand why people might like this movie, but for me, it just wasn't very good. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. <coughs> like... I don't feel like there's much of a plot throughout it. And then we get to the ending and it's like, oh, we actually need you to care about all, all of this that's going on now. And quite frankly, I just don't. Well, I, I feel like I did. I mean, I, I, I mean, I wasn't like my heart was not wrenched out. I mean, it wasn't like a Christopher Nolan film or anything, but um which I'm kind of sorry I said his name during us reviewing this. <laughs> but, 
but uh, did not mean to invoke Chris, we, the Nolan. We know that you're, we know that you're a firm subscriber to, uh, to, to a Grizzly Histories. Um, we we know that you we know that you're a av- a fervent listener of that. And if somehow you just wandered your way over here, <laughs> thank you for coming. Um, we're we're happy to, we're happy to utter your name. Yeah, uh, I mean, at least give you some recognition of this awful film yeah maybe you should go listen to a different a different film you, you might like one one of those more yeah um listen to jason x that was a solid episode that was something not a not a good movie but yeah no not a good movie just fun episode fun episode yeah well uh if nothing I, else I guess... can we at least agree that i saw like 99 percent of the budget was for the music, yeah, okay. yeah. I think for the music and the the stars, I think. Well, even then, I mean, I think that like, I'll be real with you. The only two actors that I know in this movie are Eileen Brennan and Martin Mull, and that's only because they were both in Clue. What about the guy who was in Blazing Saddles? I just didn't notice him. I don't remember his name. He's the guy, um, the guy that did the night one, the Prince of Darkness. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. So I think, I think it would be more like 98% of this movie's budget went to the music and then 1% went to the casting and then 1% went to actually making the movie. Oh, don't forget about the concerts included uh, with the music there. Which again, why were the concerts in here? Like, like I it felt like I they just were just trying to like pad the run. This is what okay, so this is genuine. Instead of actually writing an interesting plot, yeah, this yeah, is genuinely something that something that I want to know. Did they pay to put on those concerts, or did they just like film a random concert? They had to and film. like and like paid to paid the stars to be like. The uh, the singers to be like, hey, look, just just mention our film, just mention our movie, um, or mention say this line, and we'll pay you like a couple thousand dollars extra. Because I'm looking at I'm looking at the backgrounds, and I'm like, there's no way that they paid those at those extras. There's yeah, no I'm I'm pretty sure they were probably just filming at a concert. Yeah, well, yeah, no, they especially Linda Ronstadt, they they sure were because if you look at the soundtrack. It's live performances. That's that's what's on there. So this was just a concert, and but she did. I thought she said someone's name. She did, she did, but she did. But I'm I'm guessing that like they just paid her to like say it, say it. <laughs> Maybe. Like, hey, we're gonna film your concert. If you could just say this one line, that's a that's all we need. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Huh. Well, so I kind of want to talk about the end of this movie uh, where we actually see the plot happening. Um, so at the end, um, Dugan has quit because he doesn't want to put the ads and his radio station and um, he, the rest of the staff goes on strike and they end up uh, in the middle of a riot uh, going on outside the radio station. Uh, the police get involved, uh, turns into a giant mess. Um, and then it's over in all of about three seconds after Dugan 
comes up and says, Hey, y'all, we took this too far. Um, if, if we're not going to do our ad free radio here, we'll just go somewhere else. And then everyone's like, yippee. And then the, the big owner, the guy in the cowboy hat comes up and says, I like you. You're sticking around. The rest of you gets fired. And that was the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, anyway, I thought that was kind of dumb and tied up too neatly. Should he have killed them? Such, ben, how would you like I mean, it was just like, words, ben. it's just like, right. um, oh, we're at the end of the movie. Let's end it real quick. It, it just felt too easy. Like, yeah, he ended else. a riot by saying, hey, guys, calm down. Calm down. Like, what? yeah, it needed some sort of like falling action or something. Right. It, 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 it just slams into a wall. As, yeah. And it then kind of came across as him being like, where everyone lives happily ever after. The bad guys get fired from the radio station. And, and it all happens in like two seconds. Win. Right. Yeah. It, it kind of came across as like a slap on the wrist is like, stop that. Right, stop I, that right now. Yeah, <laughs> it was just a weak plot with a weak resolution tacked onto the end, and I'm just left not caring about the entire thing. Well, if I'm honest, Ben, that's a that's pretty comment from you about some of these movies. I mean, some of these movies write interesting characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean. That's fair. I just, I'm just, I, I'm not here for this one. I'm not here for this one. Like, I mean, I, I don't come to try and be negative, but like, write an interesting character. Yeah, I don't think I'm here for it either. But I will say, I did, I did enjoy the end. I did. Do I want to see it again? No, because the first half of the movie, I don't ever want to see it again. The first half to. of the movie felt like it was an hour and a half long. Yeah, it did. How long it was the was. movie, Ben? How long was it? About an hour 40. Okay. Because cause I honestly think that the first quote-unquote half of this movie is actually like an hour 25. And then the la- the second quote-unquote half is like 10 minutes. Because they yeah. cram all this plot into like 10 minutes. I think I think it's it's probably more like two thirds is is the, the con like leading up to the concert and then the rest is the, the movie. Which is bad script writing. That's, yeah, that's not script writing. That's connect the dots with things. Well, it's yeah. just bad movie making. How about that? Yeah, that works. That works. That's right. Shame on you guys for making right. a bad movie. They should have just released the soundtrack if they wanted to. They did. I have it. Dad gave it to me. It's on my record shelf right now. Oh, and it's stop. good. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not joking. I'm oh, looking at it. my gosh. Um, <laughs> wow. Wow. What a I'll thing. show you later. What a mm-hmm. thing. But I, I will also say um, I take a little bit issue or take a bit of an issue with this film uh, feeling like it's like fighting for the underdog and then the entire time they're just playing like it's essentially the greatest hit of the 70s album. Instead well, of... all those songs have come out within like two years of this movie. Right. Coming out. So they were they're pretty new. Uh, yeah. I mean, still, it's like 
we the three of us knew all the songs and it's 2021 those songs came out what 50 years ago the the poster doesn't lie (laughs) if you look at the poster at the top it says a now story with now music so I uh, i just feel like if you're gonna play the story about being the underdog show us some underdog music like because i mean there were bands that were more rebellious more underdogish at the time like i wouldn't say they were the underdog they were leading the market they were the top rated new um radio station but they were also rebelling from the man which is kind of where what i meant with that yeah like they're trying I to think, stop I, uh from having the man tell them what to do yeah could have been like fashion more, yeah but like there's no Pink Floyd, there's no um, Led Zeppelin. It's just like, here's all this popular happy-go-lucky stuff. Here's Tom Petty. Here's Steely Dan. Here's Queen. Here's all the stuff that we know that you know. And that's it. <clears throat> yeah. Just, I don't know. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. It feels like they... It, it honestly feels like they went... They filmed the concert of Linda Ronstead, guerrilla style. They looked at their footage. They were like, hey, that's pretty good. Let's make a movie. Let's make a movie. Hmm. And they built an entire film around that. That's my headcanon. That's my headcanon. Yeah, I can buy that. And then they're like, you know what? It'll look weird if we just have one concert. Uh, but I've got tickets to the Jimmy Buffett concert next week, so uh, I can get a couple clips there. How's that sound? And I, hey, look, Tom Petty gave me his kidney. <laughs> Apparently, Ario Speedwagon was also in this movie. I guess I totally missed them. I think I did too. I don't. I don't know where they were in the film. <laughs> where were they? I'm reading the wiki. Sorry, you guys are probably angry listening. All these angry listeners who hey, know hey, him hey, so well. Look, I understand that the vast majority of our listenership is Steely Dan fans, but like, guys, just just hold on a second. Just bear with us, okay? I'm cutting this part just, out. Just hold on. Just hang on. Just hang on. Hang on. Also, what? by the way. By the way, this was Martin Mull's first feature film appearance. Bless his heart. (laughs) Martin, dude, Martin, dude, look, man, Clue is just a couple years away. You get to hang out with Eileen Brennan again. You, You get to meet Tim Curry. Tim, the man Curry. Oh my goodness, dude! Just just hang in there. Just hang. I mean, he in he had there. a he had a pretty successful. Um, I mean, still he's still doing stuff. Um, I, I recognize the fact that he's still doing stuff. I'm just saying, like, if this was my first feature film role, I don't know, man. I don't know that I'm coming back for another one. He's been doing TV though. That's his thing now. Yeah, I know, but I'm just I'm just saying. Just let me say a thing about All right, Martin yeah. Mull. There you go. Go ahead, Martin Mullen. Are you listening? Or sorry. All right. I'm genuinely, I, this is a really weird thing. Um, Tristan, <laughs> isn't Eileen Brennan like one of Wade's favorite actresses? I don't know. I, I don't think know. I can she ask is. I'm, I'm pretty sure that she is. Do you have your Steely Dan information? 
Was I supposed to be getting Steely Dan info? No, I thought you were. Mario oh, Speedwagon. Speedwagon. Excuse oh, yeah. Me. The information is they were in the movie somewhere. I don't know where they're at. Oh, okay. Gotcha. 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 But I, I have to rewatch it to, to figure it out. Mm. All right. Well, do uh, do y'all have anything else to say about this experience? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know that I can call this a movie. Yeah. Well, it was close to being a movie. Sure. We'll, we'll go with that. But All right. You know what? For right now, for right now, I think that it's best that we take a minute and score this sucker. All right. So who wants to get us started this week? I guess I'll go. Okay. <laughs> so you sound so excited. So listeners, I got to tell you all something. I'm genuinely struggling with this one because if I judge this movie based on its soundtrack, then it's it's going to get not a good score, but a okay score but if i don't bring the soundtrack into consideration this thing's in like single digits like lower than five so i think i think that i'm gonna hedge my bets and i'm gonna give this movie what it has on rotten tomatoes i'm gonna give this movie a 20 wow that's how i'm gonna give this for the record for the record, I asked Ben if I could just abstain from voting because this is not a movie. Well, if, if the rest of us have to vote on this, so do you. Um, I'm going to go a little bit higher. Um, I think that the entire reason this movie exists is for the soundtrack. So I don't think you can really try and score the movie separate from the soundtrack. Um but I don't think that means that I have to give it a necessarily good score, even though I like the soundtrack. Because uh, all around, it's still an incredibly weak movie with very little plot and a too perfectly wrapped up resolution at the end. Uh, I'm going to give this movie a 35. That's the uh, number that's kind of been stuck in my head. Uh, and that's what I'm going to go with. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you got to take everything into account when you're rating a movie. You can't just pick something out and say well, it's a kid's movie or, well, it's a whatever kind of movie. You got to rate it, the whole thing. And I agree, guys. It's probably going to get one of my I'm just gonna say, I'm just going to say, I'm going to take that argument. I'm going to put that in my back pocket for a lot more movies in the future. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Also, also, don't forget, I am, I am a petty, a petty dude. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Go on, go on. I'll just call you person. Tom. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm gonna give this movie a 55. Um, because I I did enjoy the second half of this movie, but by God, the first half of this movie was not a film. It was a collection of scenes with some concerts, and the second half of this movie just can't survive. You can't cut off the first half of someone's body and expect them to live. It won't happen. So the second half of this I mean, movie just doesn't really live. I mean, you can try. I mean, if you it's Jason, um, I, that would probably work. It out, is Jason. But... You can cut off one half, two halves. You, you, you Three can halves downright. even. Um, I mean, sure. you, can downright, that... you can downright cut off four halves. Yeah, that has a lot to do with this. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, um, after plugging that into her patented scorometer, 
Uh, we have a final score of 36.7. So you know what? I was right. Yeah, whatever. Or close man. enough, at least. Yeah. Whatever. Um, that makes sense. <laughs> whatever. Um, hey, Tristan, what are we hey, watching next week? I know what we're watching next week. <laughs> yeah, what are we watching, Doug? Tristan, isn't it on your top 10 list? Um, It's on my list. Well, uh, I don't remember where. <laughs> well, I, I'm looking. I gotta tell you, I'm excited for next week. I'm excited for next week. Big fan of big fan of the the movie. Big fan of the actress. Because next week, folks, we're watching Lady Bird. Lady Bird. It's number eleven Bird. for me. I it is number eleven. Okay, sweet. It was on. It was number ten for a long. It was number ten for a long time, and then I think eighth grade knocked it out. Listeners, this is how much time we spend with each other. Yeah. This is how much time we we spend in each other's lives and in each other's uh, just head spaces. Um, yeah, Ben, have you seen this movie? I have. Oh, okay, sweet, sweet. I think we've all and, seen it then. And we've got a solid guest for next week. Yeah, should be fun. Uh, and hey, if Elijah comes on, I don't know that Elijah's seen it, so you know, hey, good times all around. There we go. Good times are to be had, my friends. Um, yep. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. it sounds like that will be a fun time. Uh, in the meantime, be sure to keep up with us and all the cool stuff we're doing here on Vider Media. Uh, we've got new episodes of Setting the Skein every Wednesday. And I think we finally have new episodes of Tea with Doug G every Monday night. I am assuming. I'm assuming that at this point, let's see, this is this is the, the first week of November. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that I posted something about it. Uh, on Monday, if I didn't post something about it, I'm very sorry. Uh, but the plan right now, when we record this, which is not in November, is that ne- this coming Monday, you're gonna get a new episode of T. You're gonna Yay. get a new episode of T, friends. And I'm gonna be broadcasting from an entirely different state. Wow, how exciting! Mm. Yes, because poor old Doug is up and moving. The boy grew mm. up. Well, at this point, when you're listening to this, it'll have moved already. uh, That's also true. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that was uh, FM. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. I hope you enjoyed our little uh, radio DJ impressions there at the beginning. Um, Yeah. If you want more of that, just. If you want more of that, tell us. Tell us, because I will do it. I'll do whatever you want. Whatever. Anyway, for all you cool cats and dogs out there, my name is Benny the Jet. My name has been uh, Doug Gooden, also known as Gregory J. Tisk. Yes, that is Doug, you fresh in the flesh. And my name is Tristy T. And once again, I'm Benny the Jet, and let's take us out. You all have a great rest of your week. This here is Something by Tom Petty. (laughs) 